so long, for so long Gotta get a little light inside Hi and welcome to another episode of Big Girl Panties. I'm Jennifer Hodugatz. I was on Facebook, as I generally am, probably two or three times a day. And I got a notification that a friend of mine had suggested a friend of theirs. And so I pressed the button to friend. Never done it before, didn't know what would happen. I don't think I've ever been suggested friends before. But I I trust Kelly, and I, I said, well, there's a reason why she's connecting us. So I get a message back, and it says, Jennifer, thanks for reaching out. I'm being more selective of accepting new Facebook friends right now, and I'm limiting it to people I actually know. I'd like to know how I might best support you, so please let me know what that might look like. And I had no idea who this man was. He says, well, if you'd like to check out more about me, you can do it here. And he said it so nicely, and he's like, thanks, Adam. And I wrote back, I said, hi, Adam. Actually, Kelly suggested we be friends, so I'm not entirely sure why either. So I friended based on that. So here I am, out of the blue, friending somebody I don't know, and he's wondering who I am. I'm wondering who who he is, but there can't be a coincidence here. So I said, you know, if you'd like to, to get to know who I am, you know, please take a look at my stuff. And, you know, he's like, cool, I'm, I'm happy to get to know you and learn more, of course. It just, you know, it's, it's I'm, I'm not sure. It's out of the blue when I get requests with no messages. I'm, I'm just not sure how to respond. So his openness to it piqued my curiosity because I'm thinking to myself, okay, there's no coincidence in the universe why we're meeting. Let me find out more. And so we just start talking about, you know, what's, what's going on and what we're up to in life. And then I said, what an interesting way to meet somebody. You know, the show is about connection and meeting people in in real-world situations. And, you know, if you're walking down the street or, you know, your next-door neighbor or the person at the store or the person waiting in line at the store, you know, opening up that conversation. So why not on Facebook in a requested friend situation? So I said, this is really interesting. You really don't know where new relationships will come from. So before I had a phone conversation and after going back and forth a little bit on the Facebook Messenger, I asked him to be a guest on the show. So as I go through this conversation with him, you'll be learning as much as I know at that time about him. So without further ado, here's Dr. Adam Sheck, the Passion Doctor. Jump on it if you suck, said and flown it. If you freak, dead and own it. Don't break about it, come show me. Come on, dance. Jump on it if you suck, said and flown it. What a Saturday night, are we in the spot? Don't believe it, just watch. So I've been listening to your podcast and kind of researching you a little bit. We met through Facebook. A friend of mine had actually suggested that I friend you, and I've never done that before. I'm generally, you know, pretty good with Facebook, but uh, in terms of recommending friends, I really didn't know what I would do if I clicked the button OK. And then uh, next thing you know, I get a, a pop-up saying, hey, you know, very nicely, very nicely, but more or less, who are you? 
<laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, you know, the universe works in great and crazy ways. So this is a connection that's supposed to to be. And so we started talking back and forth, and and I found out that you are deemed the passion doctor. And I'm like, wow, this is this is actually really interesting. And then I started diving in a little deeper. I listened to your podcast. I read some of your blogs. And there was really one that caught my eye, and it was the psychology of attraction. Mm-hmm. And with summer coming here and, and spring, you know, kind of moving into summer, you know, I, I feel like uh, people are really out. You know, birds are mating. Everybody is mating. <laughs> so now is a really good time to talk about the psychology of attraction. Can you explain that um, a little more? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It certainly is that time, you know, weddings, mating seasons, it's in the air. There's that that group energy, that group consensus that this is the time. And really, um, there's a whole psychology behind it, too. There's evolutionary psychology. There's there's all so much. And, and really, as, as um, newborns, as infants, as toddlers, we're observing everything in the world. We're observing everything that goes on, and we're we're labeling it. We're putting it in the computer. We're we're absorbing the sights, the sounds, the smells, and for this purpose, the interactions uh, between our primary caregivers, whether that's mom and dad, whether it's extended family, whether someone else raises us. But what they do, Jennifer, is what we label love. Mm. So whatever you know, our caregivers are doing with us. And with each other is what we label love. So if we've got a raging alcoholic father, that's what love is. If we've got a narcissistic, self-absorbed mother, that's what love is. Mm-hmm. If they're kind and affectionate, that's love. If they're you know, withdrawn and never touch us, that's love. So all of it goes into the computer. And and that's not only the the best qualities, but also the worst qualities. All of it's there. And as adults, when we're bopping around in the world, when we run into someone on a very subliminal, deep, unconscious level, when we meet someone that has enough of those qualities, the best qualities and the worst qualities, and that's the part people don't always get, mm-hmm. we the radar hits and and we fall in love. We fall in love. And if it's mutual, if if our our childhood <clears throat> script, pattern, blueprint matches, meshes with theirs, then we're really cooked. Then we're really in this deep connection. And uh, it's interesting because, again, we fall in love and we start in that honeymoon stage Mm -hmm. where everything is perfect and everything is wonderful because our brains, we're we're doped up. We're we're so flooded with, with chemicals, with we're, we're anesthetized in a way, but we're so flooded with neurotransmitters, with oxytocin, which is the bonding cuddle drug, with, mm-hmm. with phenethylamine, PEA, which is also in chocolate, but uh, is is really more like speed. It's a stimulant. So we're, we're on speed. We're on opiates. We're on everything all at once, and uh, our partners can do no wrong. It's whatever they do is, is adorable, is cute. Oh, we left the, the toilet seat up and I fell in. Isn't that, that funny? <laughs> or she, she, she lost my car keys. I can't get to work. Oh, it's so cute. Uh-huh. So, so that's the honeymoon. And, and we see the good qualities in them that we, we um, imprinted as children. 
and yet our body can only put out those chemicals so long. Right. And I think on some level, where whether it's spiritual or evolution, nature, God, whatever you want to say, it keeps us together as a species long enough to propagate. So that's you know there's a, there's a biological imperative there too. I'm not saying romance isn't important as well, but um getting together for romantic love is only a couple of hundred years old. <laughs> right. I mean, well, based on that, I mean, once the honeymoon period is over, what you're saying is we should really start eating chocolate. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, that that would be cheaper than than uh, uh hiring me. You're absolutely right. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> going to invest in in organic chocolate companies. So, what happens after the honeymoon period cuz I happen to love the honeymoon period. It is a do. high that you just never want to come down off of. Right. And yet so many people once they get down from that cuz it it can't last. It's it's an artificial construct that's there for a purpose. We can recreate it. There's good news, but once it it ends, now we see all of the negative qualities that we were attracted to as well. And that's the power struggle stage of a relationship where we're butting heads, where we're white knuckling it, where we're in a different kind of passion. Mm. Passion isn't just sexual. There's emotional passion that's there too. And to me, that's that's the opportunity to begin to use the relationship as, as a crucible to to heal the childhood wounds we have because now the negative qualities are showing up and yet we're bonded to this person. Perhaps we love this person. Can we move through that and help each other, support each other healing? That's that's the, the compelling work for me because if you don't do that, then it's just rinse and repeat. Then it's just same thing, different day. Mm. And we're, we're break up. Oh, I thought they were soulmates, but they're not. And we're attracted to the same kind of person in the next relationship. And we just do it over and over. And there's some people, I'm not saying you, that are addicted to the honeymoon, so every three to six months they're in a new relationship because that's that's the high, that's the addiction, that's what they're jonesing for. Mm. Um, not for a deeper connection, which you can achieve. And there is that deeper connection when you work through those issues, your your issues, your partner's issues, your coupling issues. And in that place, you, you have the opportunity, the opportunity to have a deeper relationship that can be just as passionate as that honeymoon, and yet based on reality. Now you really know who the person is. You don't know who they are in the first week, month, three months. It's more fantasy. It's more our projections of who they are and the idealization. Mm. Now you've got a real relationship, which can be deeper. Right. And and thinking about that, I know that, at least in my past relationships, I had always tried to get that honeymoon period back instead of having it look a different way. Yes. It was always trying to recreate that honeymoon period, you know, and the beat up that goes along with that. So why can't I have that back? What is wrong with me that I'm not having that happen? And and so I find that in my past, trying to focus on getting that honeymoon period back has been my main focus. And so what you're saying is you kind of move into a deeper passion that looks a different way, but it doesn't mean that um, that it's okay to lose the honeymoon period. It's okay to move into something that's deeper. Absolutely. And it's okay if you want to chase the honeymoon forever too. That's fine too. There's a price we pay for the choices we make though. And, and when we're chasing a feeling, we're not present. We're not in a relationship with who we're with. We're not being present to the moment and whatever experience is going on. So again, we're in a fantasy. Right. So it's like walking around 
completely high and mm-hmm. not being grounded to where you're at. I, I see that so clearly. That was such a great explanation of that. I mean, you really can't see where you're where you're going. It's until the dust settles is is really when you get to the thick of it. Absolutely, that's a metaphor I use with with my clients as well. It's when you're in a war zone of your own psychic making. Until the dust clears, you don't know what's going on. So you're you're working in the dark. Huh. That is so interesting. Okay, so you're a PhD. So out of all the modalities, why sexuality and relationships? Why are you the passion doctor and and why that name? Because generally I find that people go into a certain modality because they have either a backstory to it or there's some kind of a compelling story behind it. And I wanted to know if you had one and... Yes, Jennifer, absolutely. I'm I'm a firm believer that we teach what we need to learn and I'm I'm no different. There's no one in my opinion and I've been in the field almost 25 years, there's no one that that becomes a psychologist or a life coach or a couples counselor, relationship whatever that um has had a happy childhood. You know, we're drawn to something. We're drawn to to healing something in some level. And we also have a calling. So for me, um, absolutely. Uh, I won't bore you with the details of my uh, childhood traumas, but um, what I discovered about myself, I discovered when I got married in a relationship. I I got married. I was very emotionally uh, young, let's say maybe... 12 or 13, mm-hmm. got married for the wrong reasons. It was more for the infatuation, the honeymoon, the romance, the the sexual uh, passion of, that overtook me on that. Mm-hmm. And six months into the marriage, my uh, wife um, had a psychotic break. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had I had been in California a while at that point. I grew up in New York and I'd done some human potential workshops, but I hadn't really taken uh, my own personal work seriously. So here the woman I loved at the the time had a psychotic break. She was hospitalized in a locked psych ward on medication, Mm. et cetera, and it was a real wake-up call. Mm. And we went into couples counseling. We went into individual counseling, and uh, I also discovered she was an alcoholic. Mm. Um, and through that, I discovered that my mother was one. Cause again, it's right. not one thing. It's your mother. We, we marry our mother. We marry our father. It's cliche, but there's, you know, there's a grain of truth in it. Mm-hmm. So I discovered so much about myself in that. Uh, I also discovered that she had some infidelity issues going mm-hmm. on as well, mm-hmm. which would match part of my childhood. So, um, in addition to being devastated, it got me deeper into, into my own personal therapy, learning about myself. She, just went on to marry another alcoholic and they lived happily ever after in their own way. But, but it got me on my path. So I don't regret it. I really, it, it was meant to be in that way. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have, have opened up. I wouldn't have awoken to, to what was possible in my life. And from that, it inspired me to want to support other people to, to support them in that way. And again, as the passion doctor, passion, for self, as well as passion for relationship, as well as sexual passion. Mm-hmm. And I mean, sexuality has always uh, been compelling and fascinating to me. And 
sexuality as we we enter the second half of life is a whole nother ball game too which mm-hmm. I work with many couples in you know late 30s 40s 50s and and things change what what your life was and your experiences and your sexual practice in your 20s change in your 40s especially when there are children involved and different other things have happened so it's always been interesting to me that you know my own personal life story got me more involved in that and then one thing simply led to another in, the, in that synchronistic way that I'm sure you can you can relate to as well. Yeah, absolutely. I find that when people uh, align themselves with, um, so so they'll take their story of struggle and they'll flip it around and have it work for them, or they won't. Yes. But the ones that right. have them work for them generally go into a field that um, you know they they've got not only the knowledge but they've got the experience to back it up. Again. I was too young and, and emotionally mature then to use the information mm. uh, on that. I mean, in your 20s, or at least the man in 20s, I was a young, you know, 22, 23. I'm, some might have been more mature, but probably not. So it, you never know what, where your calling is going to lead you on that, because that's the power of it. That's, that's really where the passion is, when you know yourself when you learn more about yourself in in your day-to-day life when you your partner stimulates different parts of you that you're not aware of that's intimacy i discover more of myself into me i see and mm. and share that so mm. i mean that that's the beauty that's where the passion is because the passion starts with vulnerability if you can't be vulnerable which which means you need to feel safe enough you can't reveal and then you can't have passion. Then you can't be spontaneous. Then you can't explore it. And from that comes the deep sexual passion as well. Mm. Oh, that's, uh, I mean, into, uh, I always heard into me you see, right? But I, I understand looking at yourself mm-hmm. with curiosity as opposed to judgment or disdain or whatever it might be. But looking at yourself with curiosity, you learn so much through yes. just putting yourself under the lens, not intensely, but just saying, hmm, you know, how how am I showing up here? And how is my partner showing up in different situations? How is she reacting to me? And, and also looking at your partner with with curiosity. And, you know, there's a there's a feeling of you know, once being in a relationship or a marriage, you know, you all the things that you loved about the person now you just can't stand, right? Well, that again goes back to the, that blueprint, yeah. Yeah, instead of looking at it through curiosity, and I think it's interesting if you if you break down the pieces of your partner that you can't stand, where in your history, parents, siblings, otherwise, mm-hmm. did that show up? So it's really. It's it's very interesting. It's very interesting to look at it in a different perspective. Um, so recently, you know, I had an argument with my husband. Actually, I wouldn't say recently. It was about two years ago. And I held on to this piece um, for so long and was so angry and frustrated. And I found that I was angry with myself and angry with him. And I, it was very difficult for me to forgive um, do you, is there anything that you cover in terms of forgiveness? Because I know that I've struggled with it and I'm sure other couples have. Oh, absolutely, Jennifer. Thanks for asking about that. Because um, in my, my experience in working with couples for almost 25 years, really the one of the most powerful tools for 
for getting back to the present moment is forgiveness. It's letting go of the past, letting go of the last argument, letting go of whatever craziness is going on in the moment or whatever triggered us. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of, of what goes on in relationships is old stuff. So I've worked a lot around forgiveness. It's one of the most powerful spiritual and psychological practices. And it's really, I think, the biggest um, mis understanding about forgiveness is that it's about the other person. Well, if they're not repentant, if they're mm -hmm. not asking for, an, you know, begging for, for this, then I'm not going to give it to them. Mm -hmm. Yet it's for us. Forgiveness comes from the old English to for, 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 forgiven, which is to forgive, to give forth. And to me, it's giving back. I want to give back all the old stuff I'm holding on to. I want to give back the anger, the blame, the shame, the guilt, so that I can let go. So I've also created a, a downloadable audio program, the Forgiveness Program, which is really um, important. It's it's the equivalent of a half-day workshop on forgiveness, but mm. you can do it from, from your phone, from your computer, from wherever. It's at uh, www.theforgivenessprogram.com, and it really goes deeply into that, into what forgiveness is. There's some great written exercises. There's a workbook, and there's a really powerful forgiveness meditation that I, I put together in that too. And I, I have to say, not that I want to toot my horn too much. Mm -hmm. I listened to it and it put me into a trance. So it, <laughs> it really is a, it really is a strong practice. So uh, I'd encourage people to check that out. And, and if there's anyone you want to forgive, including yourself, which is where it ultimately uh, leads anyway, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a critical practice for connecting to your passion again, for being in the moment, because forgiveness lets us be present in this this moment and not living in the past and living in our resentments. Absolutely. And it doesn't feel good to live in that space. I'll, I'll tell you that. It's, no. it's pretty awful to wake up and feel the weight of the wet blanket of not forgiving. So um, thank you so much for that. And thank you for your time. I know that you are tight with your schedule today, so I really want to thank you for, for coming on. And I will be speaking to you soon. Thank you so much, Doctor. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to, to have a repeat performance whenever appropriate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Take care. I want you. I want you. Yes, I want you so big. Honey, I want you. So that was Dr. Adam Sheck. He's the passion doctor. And if you'd like to subscribe to his newsletter um, and receive his special report, which is the 20 Rituals for Romance, uh, you can go ahead and go to his website called thepassiondoctor.com. And he's also offering a complimentary 20-minute phone consultation if you're serious about change. So um, please go check him out. He's got some great articles. And listen to his podcast. It's fantastic. And as always, I encourage you to get out there, put on your big girl panties, and connect with your world. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook. And until next time, this is Jennifer Hodugatz. But I did it because you lied and because he took you for a ride uh, Because time is on his side and because I want you
I want you, yes, I want you so bad.